What's up, y'all? Welcome back. Feels good to be back here chatting with you guys. Now, I've got another episode. It's going to be a brief one. Um, really enjoying these, by the way. They're kind of fun just to kind of, I don't know, reflect a little bit on those training thoughts from the day episodes I've been putting out recently. Um, it just kind of gives me a sense of diving back into, you know, recent workouts, looking at them from different perspectives, trying to, you know, analyze or, or move past and beyond what you might be stuck in. So enjoying doing these training thoughts from the day. Now I'm going to kind of combine what I talked about in the last episode with using RPE and merging that with a previous episode. I believe I did maybe in season one that talks about, I found an article that dealt with assessing your state of readiness pre-workout. It was kind of a, a cool article. I have to kind of, maybe I'll pop in the show notes what episode that was, but it looked at kind of a color code of green, yellow, and red. And based off of your pre-movement or workout assessment, you were given green means go, full steam ahead. Yellow means, you know, let's do the workout, but proceed with caution and make sure we're kind of assessing ourselves along the way and likely doing less of an overall load or intensity throughout the workout. And then red was like, hey, let's, let's, maybe we're shifting our focus from the planned workout and doing some recovery tactics, whatever that might be. If it's, you know, muscle activation or range of motion or ice baths or whatever, you know, the protocol is that could be the best or most opportune time to do that. Um, instead of the workout so you can recover and then be ready to go the next day, right? Because most of the time, especially in my practice, obviously the workout at hand is super important, but I also want to work out the next day and the next day and the next day. And we've all been there before. If you accumulate that kind of fatigue in the nervous system or you have such an exorbitant amount of load concessively, some people can, can do that kind of work, but you know, all of us aren't superhuman where we have to kind of consider the facts of where are we each day, how we perceive our efforts, and maybe can we take an alternate route that still allows us to maybe get a workout in or be more prepared for the next day. So kind of assessing our state of readiness. Now, I thought about this during my workout today because the previous two days, I increased overall volume. Now, my, my workouts weren't super fancy. They were very basic. I've to kind of give you some insight. I had five movements. Um, it was a, a lower body day, like basically deadlifts, um, a lat pull, a chest press. Um, what else did I do? It was some other lower body leg movement. Um, maybe some kind of a bridge. I can't remember what, what it was. And then a ab specific movement. So, if, you know, four, high muscle engaging movements or five, excuse me. And I did five sets of each. So increased my volume, um, more than what I had been doing in the pre- previous weeks. And I did that two days in a row, obviously I did different movements the next day. Um, but did the same kind of tactic, right? Chose kind of your bang for your buck movements, high, in, you know, crossing multiple joints, engaging as much muscle as possible. Each of those movements, doing them in succession in a circuit style and doing that circuit five times through. So volume was really high and intensity increased throughout that working range and really peaked in the sets four and five where I was essentially working RPE nine-ish out of 10, those last two sets. So when I looked at, you know, 
how I felt. Obviously, I was more sore the days following. That's normal when you do more work than compared to what you're used to doing. Um, but then I looked at today's workout because obviously I still wanted to work out. I had something planned that I could have worked out at a higher intensity, but I noticed a couple things, especially early on, kind of sets one and sets into sets two, that I was kind of assessing that state of readiness after each exercise specifically and after each circuit specifically. So I had four movements, um, and after each one of those movements, I kind of assessed like, okay, how long is this taking me to recover from each one of those movements compared to what my, my planned RPE was? And I kind of always ease into it, almost make that first set like a warm-up plus style where RPE is usually around, you know, six plus or minus one maybe in that range where, you know, you pick a resistance, you can do the weight, I'd maybe do it 12 times around that range knowing I could get 15, 16, 17 reps with that resistance. Um, but it's just a way to kind of, you know, ease my way into that movement as I start loading it heavier in those working sets thereafter. Um, it just, it, that works for me. It allows me to more gradually work into those working sets of higher resistance where I feel like I'm getting more out of the workout. Now, what I noticed was I used that same strategy and after I did each movement specifically, even though I was working in an RPE of six, I was fatigued like I was doing an RPE of nine or 10. And where typically I'm able to go from one movement to the next with minimal rest time in between, if not any, I was having to take small rest breaks in between, you know, not huge, maybe it's 15, 30 seconds when it's typically maybe zero to five seconds. And then after the accumulation of those four movements that I had in my circuit, I needed like an extra, you know, three to four minutes of rest before I felt like I could go back into that next round and do my best effort, right? I could have jumped into it winded and fatigued and just went after it, but I wanted to give my best effort with each one of those movements and kind of having the rest time in between was allowing me to do that. But normally I don't need three to four minutes. Normally I might need 60 seconds or less to go back into that top working set and work through it again, right? So that's kind of what made me think about, you know, kind of extending and combining that what your perceived effort is and once you've practiced that and know what that effort looks like you know after you do an rpe of six you, you're not very fatigued at all right because you could probably go back and do the next movement and be fine when you do an rpe of nine or ten you've basically worked to fatigue whatever that resistance is you might need a small break after to to recover before you do that next movement right but if you're doing RPE of six and you feel fatigued like a 10, then something's off, right? So that right there is noticing that your nervous system and everything involved psychologically as well is like, hey man, like if you want me to do your best effort, you you know might need to take a second here and just take a break, <laughs> right? And that is kind of really connecting to what that effort perceptively looks like compared to what you know it actually is, right? Those are two totally different things. Um, so that is making sure and always kind of keeping in mind that if you can have this approach with all of your workouts, I think you'll definitely notice the days where your nervous system has rebounded and you're ready for that next stressor of a workout. You likely start to feel better with each working set. Sure, like you, you know, you might be lifting heavier, you might, you know, you know, you might feel the fatigue in that moment 
but then when you come back to that next set, it's like, oh, I feel awesome. Like I feel maybe more energized. My body feels better to, to keep continuing working. That's that's a good sign for the green light, right? To keep going. When you start looking at when effort is lower or RPE, the 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 how do I want to say this? The uh, targeted RPE is lower, but the perceptive workout RPE is higher then that's maybe a little bit of a yellow light, a caution light, right? Maybe it's like, okay, let's let's continue the workout or let's do the workout that's planned, maybe bump down the intensity and or bump down the overall volume, how many working sets you're going to go through, and then go into the cool down, right? And for me, that's not a failure for the day. One might look at that and be like, well, you didn't get what was planned. Um, but, you know, but in reality, you still targeted a large amount of muscle mass you still progressed in that movement, right? You still engage the metabolism how you wanted to engage the metabolism. And you can move forward, right? And hopefully if you matched that with where your nervous system is, you're ready to work out the next day and you feel more you know, ready to go. Compared to when the yellow light should be on and you go full steam ahead and go green, did you just take one step forward and three steps back? right? That's the whole point. It's all about being consistent and sustainable in the approach of when things aren't clicking perfectly, which they don't always, they don't always, right? (laughs) You're still able to process yourself through the workout, but you dial back that intensity and volume. I don't want to say go through the motions because that's not it at all. I didn't feel like I was going through the motions. It felt like I was working harder than I should have been working, but I just cut things off to the point of the overarching goal of do I feel better after this workout compared to before I started. If you match that yellow light with what I just talked about, you're going to feel better. If you push past and go full steam ahead, you're going to be working yourself into that, you know, feeling overly exhausted compared to what your effort was in all reality. Okay. Um, So that's just something that if, you know, if you're looking at yourself and wondering, you know, should I not work out? Should I proceed with a workout? But what do I do? You know, you don't have to be, you don't have to do anything crazy. You can still progress, but dial things back. Um, and I think you'll have a much more um, success in being consistent in that approach and still being able to feel better post-workout than compared before you started. Okay, so that's kind of combining that state of readiness with RPE. So I think the more you practice this, it's just like any other, you know, habit or behavior or skill almost, I want to call it. The more you practice it, just kind of, you know, after each set, after each circuit, both, all the above, you just take a quick second, assess how that went, assess how you're feeling post, and then move through your workout in that instance, you, you know, that kind of behavior will become much easier. And I feel like the data that you're getting from it will be much more accurate um, the more you practice it. So that's just kind of my training thought from the day. That was, I don't want to say revelation that came to me because I feel like I've been practicing this for a long time. Um, Just haven't shared it and combined many of our episodes together and maybe a way in which you can practice it and start practicing and using it and to see if that guides you a little bit better on a day in and day out basis. So you're more prepared a majority of the days compared to you get one or two really good workouts and the, the next few after that are just dragging, right? That's not the goal. The goal is to feel as good as you possibly can after each workout 
and hopefully you walk into that next workout feeling just as good. So um, a quick reminder, currently reviewing a article for the next episode to come out, and it's a cool one, um, just to kind of give you a, a sneak peek. Um, it is looking at combined effects of of uh, a strength and endurance training program, and they worked in different groups. One group did more endurance than strength. One group did a 50-50 split. One group did more strength than endurance. And then one group did nothing. Over six months, and these are military personnel, they wanted to essentially see what kind of training might be best to uh, you know maintain or improve while they're doing kind of a management operation type of uh, approach over six months so it's really cool we're actually getting you know most of these studies we get such a small window in time it's like an eight week study or a 12 week study but this one is six months where they they followed these people over six months at a very specific training tactic and we saw what improved what might be the best approach in terms of splitting your strength and or endurance and how that relates to doing nothing i think that's the key part because most of the time if you have a fit person and you do something six months, you see small improvements. And most people will be like, well, it's not really that important. It wasn't a big improvement, right? But we all know the law of diminishing returns when you're already kind of at a certain point, it takes X number of work to get you know finite improvements. But when you compare it to doing nothing, then that's when the real aha moments start to arise because that's where you know the, the bread and butter are. We see how much decrement occurred over a longer period of time compared to small improvements that happen with all the work. So be on the lookout for that um, coming out uh, the next episode after this one. And I'm excited to dive into and see all the things that I find um, related to that article. So again, if you have any uh, questions or things that you would like me to look into fitness-wise, hit me up, dr.nicktruby on Instagram or trubyhealth at gmail.com email and uh, or if you want to drop a comment or response wherever you're getting this episode if you're getting apple itunes you can put in a comment and that would be super appreciated as well so um, have an awesome day guys and looking forward to next episode